This is an OSV Podcasts production. To learn more about OSV Podcasts Network, visit osvpodcasts.com. FIG Ministry presents the Catholic Influencers Podcast. Join me, Alyssa Aegis, and my co-hosts, Father Rob Gallia and Justine Cumbo, as we break open the upcoming Sunday Mass readings and discuss relevant topics and life issues from a Catholic perspective. For a shorter, more reflective explanation of the Gospels, be sure to check out our sister podcast, Catholic Influences, Father Rob Gallia Homilies. Greetings, everyone. Welcome back to our podcast. It's episode number 10, even though this is such always so incredible to think that we have spent so much time in preparation for this podcast <laughs> for 30 minutes with you. <laughs> so. It's really fun. <laughs> It, it is really fun, and it's um, an absolute blessing always, as always, to, to, be, um, to be able to share this, these insights with you. <sighs> We're always so wise, aren't we? Oh. Yes, it's always. <laughs> Some <laughs> of them are a little difficult, though, I must admit. Like, I think you probably picked up on that. And we don't hold back. Like, sometimes it is like, you know what? I'm really challenged by this. Or, you know what? I don't know what I got out of this week. So yes. I hope you, that is, you know, we're not claiming to be the. We, well, and we, we would really, really love to hear from you. Like, what, what are you getting out of this podcast? We see through the statistics and that, like, things are happening. Like, our attendance and people are listening more and more every week. And we're, we're so grateful for every listener <laughs> that is listening. But tell us what you love about this podcast. Tell us what you want to hear more about, maybe. Um, just you can send us an email at podcast at figministry.com or else they can do it through social media as well so we're again we're so grateful and even we always start off the episode with a really ha- hassle and, and bustle because you see what you don't see is that there are four cameras video cameras filming us Lots and then lights. there's there's lights and there's screens and there's a, a lot of buttons to press on this podcast and we do it all ourselves, you know. So we're in the studio. So. And by we, he means generally Alyssa and himself. Yeah, <laughs> in no, case no I don't press it. any buttons. I just tell you what's going on. But he does all the button pressing and all the camera on turning. But we also have our FRG ministry. Head head of, head of production. I, was, I couldn't remember his title. <laughs> the amazing Josh who helps us get this all set, set up, up as well. Before, yes, and then, but then leaves when we start. Yeah. When we start. Good so, luck. So we start. If we start a little bit flustered, it's not that we're not there. We're just trying. It's all a balancing act. Okay, so let's go back to to um, uh, question. I have a question for you. Okay, um, and then I if if your answer is. Um, good, I'll, I'll uh, stay away from it, mine. But here's the question for you. What is the most difficult thing, and uh, your listeners, maybe you can think about this as well. What is the most difficult thing God has ever asked you to do or one of the most difficult things that God has ever asked you to do? Who wants to go I first? I trust you to... Um, <laughs> yeah. You always come up with some, just some good ones that make us really think. Um, no, one of the most difficult things God asked me to do so the listeners might know that I love music and I love my faith as well. And I remember there was a time where I used to keep them very separate part of my life, um, separate parts of my life. And I happened to write a song with a friend and we recorded this song and I didn't want people to know. Like I, I thought if I released this song, people would know I was Catholic and I was really scared of what people would think. Um, but God asked me to release it and it was the, one of the best things I ever did. So um, How cool is that? It was hard, but very much worth it so i think whenever god does ask us to do, to do difficult things i think what we 
get by saying yes to God is far better than yes. the stress that hap- and the confusion that happens at the start. Yes. Are they the right? We know yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think of Mary, you know, saying yes to the angel Gabriel as well. Yes. Yeah. I cannot compare myself to Mary. <laughs> uh, I don't know if this appropriately answers the question. I think fasting is like one of the hardest <laughs> things. Like I, I, I'm, it's not even a joke. And I think that's kind of what makes it more, most embarrassing slash sad is that I find fasting from food so hard. So difficult. I, yeah. I don't know why. Um, so that's one of them. And the other one was walking away from a relationship that I thought was going to be the man that I married. But again, Alyssa, like maybe it's because I'm on engagement cloud nine <laughs> and I remember. I literally praise the Lord God Almighty for his having mm. mercy on me and sparing me from making the biggest decision of my, the biggest mistake of my life back then. Because now that I'm with my man, I'm like, whoa, he's yeah, yeah. like, 10 billion times more than I ever could have hoped. If the previous man is listening, we love you too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, you're right. Nah, he was, a, he was a very good man. But you know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. like, man, trust him. Is, this man is for you. Be faithful. So. Like, yeah, yeah. If you are faithful, when we are faithful, God, just he's got something far better in store for you. Yeah. How absolutely. about you? What's the hardest thing God does? Well, I can think of two things. One is when I was about um, 16 years old and I had made a decision to follow the Lord and I would listen to music. I had a massive CD collection. And I remember my aunt coming home one day and saying, Rob, listen, this music is not good for your journey. Mm. And so she said, why don't you pray about getting rid of them? <laughs> and I remember uh, after I, I was so furious, I was angry. And, but I prayed about it and I felt that the Lord was in that. And I don't know, I'm not saying that it's good to destroy all your music, but the Lord wanted this from me. And so I took all my CD collection, like hundreds of them. I got a hammer and I smashed them all. I smashed them all and crying. Literally, I was crying as I was smashing them. But, you know, again, in hindsight, you know, there was a Christian music store that opened and I was his number one customer. He used to come to me for advice for Christian music. And so at the end of the day, my collection was not only bigger and better, but it was also more fulfilling. And so, Mm. again, God outdid the, the little generosity that I showed towards him. So... We're grateful always. God is always there to, to bless us. And then the second thing, quick, was that uh, having to say yes to the priesthood. <laughs> it was a, <laughs> Just an, that little old thing. It was an, an eight-year eight tug of war at the seminary. But once I did say yes, it was beautiful. I'm so grateful. So Ooh. good. We're glad you said yes. Which one of you ladies wants to lead us in prayer? I'll do it. Okay, thanks, Alyssa. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, we just thank you once again for this opportunity to gather together and to hear your word and discuss your word. And I just want to pray for every single person listening to this all around the world, wherever they might be. I just pray that you will start to um, open their hearts, open their ears, help them to recognize you, um, how you might be speaking to them through this scripture passage. Um, And we just ask all of this through the intercession of Mary as we pray together. Hail Mary, Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. This Catholic Influencers podcast is sponsored by Modern Grace. Modern Grace is a unique online Catholic gift store with a beautiful faith-inspired collection of gifts and homewares to bring into your life and to share with your family, friends and faith-filled community. 
Stocking everything from liturgical planners, rosaries, inspiring reads, sacramental gifts, Catholic homewares, a children's collection of toys, wraps and teethers, and FRG ministry merchandise and more. Modern Grace introduces Catholic gifts which add value to your faith life for any occasion. Discounts available for stocking church piety stores, conferences and events. Just contact us online for more information. So check out their range at moderngrace.com.au and follow them on Facebook and Instagram. Amazing. So today we are going to unpack this Sunday's upcoming gospel, which is John chapter 10, verses 1 to 10. Very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way, is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus said again, Very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Beautiful imagery again always of the shepherd, of Jesus being the gate and also the imagery that sometimes we miss out on because of the context, because of the culture we live in. Those in the United States, those in Australia have a very, very different perspective of, of the being a shepherd. Uh, that many people in, for example, in the Mediterranean would have and in the Middle East would have. I was brought up with, um, uh, with uh, my house and, and shepherds would come through literally almost our driveway with cows and with sheep and they would graze and sometimes wander into our backyard, into our garden and, they ju- just, and then the shepherd would call or pull the cows and then they'd come back out. And, and, and so this idea always, whenever you saw the sheep or whenever even, even you saw the cows, you saw the shepherd not far away. So, um, and we wouldn't dare touch the sheep um, because we were scared of the shepherds, <laughs> you know, so we didn't want to upset them. But even though we wanted to, you know, even after school, I remember telling my mom, you know, like, can I go and touch that cow? Can I go and that? And, and she wasn't afraid of the cow itself because they were gentle, but it was more the shepherd. I, you don't want to traumatize mm. the, 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 the animals and get the, the shepherd who used to drive, walk around with a gun, actually, not... Uh, yeah, maybe don't touch the sheep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so it's a different aspect. And again, in the Middle East, it was, it was also different. The shepherd was a full-time job where they would go out for weeks and weeks on end. They weren't farms where you, you had stacks of, of, of um, hay and, and grass. To find the grass in such a dry country, you sometimes had to walk for days, go down valleys, 
to go to different places that, not where the houses were, where the villages were, but you had to go down to the valleys. You had to walk sometimes for three, four, five, ten days until you reached a place where the sheep could graze. And then they wouldn't come back after a meal. They'd stay there for a week because they needed to graze for a week and then come back. So it was uh, um, a time for them to bond and also they pl- played a lot of different roles in, in their shepherding. And we'll talk a little bit about that. Mm. Yeah, I totally was like, I don't know what a shepherd is. Like, I think I have this dreamy idea of like a gentle shepherd, but I was like, I don't know what it is. So I'm going to Google it. So mm-hmm. I literally Googled, um, I'm pretty sure the words were, what did shepherds in Jesus' time do? Mm-hmm. Um, and I found out some really cool things about them that actually have transformed I feel like any reference that we come across, um, you know, in the Bible when it when it mentions a, a shepherd, and um, you guys can jump in as well because mm-hmm. I'm sure you, you have some things to contribute. But essentially, Google told me that um, the broader functions of the shepherd were to lead the sheep to pastures and water, to protect them from wild animals, and to guard them at night, whether in the open or in sheepfolds where they counted them as they entered the fold. They took care of the sheep and even carried weak lambs in their arms. Uh, Their job was to protect the sheep from wild animals or threats. Uh, The shepherds also carried a long staff and the staff was used as a walking stick for the shepherd um, who also used it to manoeuvre sheep when needed. Um, For further protection, the shepherds often carried a sling comprised of a leather pouch on a string Placing the stone, a stone in the pouch, a skilled shepherd could fling rocky projectiles over a good distance in order to scare off or wound wild animals. And shepherds took risks for the safety of the sheep. So they are not these sort of dreamy, yeah, like yeah, yeah. gentle hippies that I thought they were. It's like, don't go anywhere. Your mum knew it. Don't yeah, go yeah. anywhere near the exactly. shepherd. <laughs> but let's, I think it's important that like from what we just said, let's break it up a bit. Yeah. Let's, let's try and understand what, what, what the shepherd did. Um, uh, so I think one of the things that uh, Justine just mentioned is that they were the ones to lead them to pastures. And think think about the, Jesus identified, you know, him, this funny language, language to use this, but he identified as a shepherd, okay? <laughs> so Jesus identified as a shepherd because of the imagery. And they would have understood, people in his audience would have understood, one, because the shepherd was the one to lead people to pastures. He's the one to lead us to places where we are fed. And this is why he leads us always to the source and summit of his faith to himself, to lead us to the Eucharist, because he knows objectively we're going to get fed there. Yeah. Now, many people leave their parishes and think, oh, because I'm not fed, because I don't get fed there. But you are actually fed there. Sometimes to feed also means to, to seek Jesus, the source and summit, in your own personal prayer time to make sure you're studying the word of God. So anyway, so one leads us to pastures. The second thing that he does is he takes, uh, looks after the wanderers. He is a disciplinary. He's the one who brings us back. How does he do that? Uh, Justine just mentioned the, the, the equipment that the, the, farmer, the, the shepherd carried. He carried, um, he carried a sling. Where else is there a mention of a sling? David and Goliath. David, Goliath, you know, and why did David have such a good aim? Because he was a good shepherd. Mm. What was the purpose of the sling? It was not to take away predators. It was to lead the sheep back into the fold. He would sling and then aim at the bum of the sheep. And it would hit the, the, hit the, them and then they would go back into their position. And so every time the, the sling was there to, well, as a disciplinary. And you think that the sheep liked getting um, hit on the bum? No, they didn't. But they, it would cause them to come back into the flock. 
the staff as well. That was when they, he couldn't run to them fast enough. But and then there was the proximity, the, the staff, which who else carries the staff, a crozier? Bishops. The bishops. The bishops carry that staff with a hook on it. Why is there a hook? Because he would carry lift when they were walking in the wrong direction. The shepherd would walk up to them and carry, put the hook around their neck and turn them around back into place. And they would come back. So, but it was also a place, a, a, a stick used to protect. And it was also used as a gate. Now we'll have a little conversation about the gate. But it was a place where when they were walking back into the fold after weeks and weeks of being away, first of all, the shepherd would count the sheep. And he would call them and they'd count the sheep. They didn't have sheep dogs then, okay? So this, but he, he would put the staff on the, the, the gate, very low. And they had to, like the, what do you call that? Where they, where the limbo. <laughs> the limbo, limbo. So he would put the stick very low. And so the sheep would have to bend down to go into the fold. Why? Now I'm just picturing sheep doing the limbo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, thanks a lot. Um, but, well, is it because if the sheep couldn't bend down, it meant that they were injured after they'd yes. come back? Yes. Yeah. Exactly, exactly that. And so that, that way they, he could check w- whether they were injured. So that staff as well. And this is the same three things while a bishop holds a staff, uh, a crozier is one, is because it's a, a place to lead us back into our fold. Two, to protect us from the enemy. And three, also to, to check for, for injury. So to pastor us, to lead us spiritually as well. And I'm not picturing bishops in the limbo. Oh, I was just <laughs> about to say the same thing. <laughs> oh, my God. Let's just delete that from our memories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Full on. laughs> and there are, of course, this is what a, a bishop should be. And it's the same, you know, like it, 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 the, the, she, the, the shepherd should be the gate, you know. And there's a lot of tradition in the Catholic Church. Why is there the gate? They sleep on the gate in the fold so that... It, that while the the sheep are all locked into the gate, the shepherd would lie down in the gate. So if there was a sheep that wasn't from the fold, they had to go through him and he had to stop them. If there was a wolf coming, they had to go through him and they would tear him to pieces before they would tear the, the sheep. But again, this is why. Why do cardinals wear red? The martyrdom? Yes, because they are the ones to first die. So if there's a, a war, they should be the ones at the forefront. Mm, They're man. the ones okay. to get hit first, to, to, uh, pour, to um, pour their blood first. Gosh. Because that's why they were red. Mm. They're at the forefront. But of course, you know as well as I do that in history, that hasn't always been the case. Yeah. But this is, again, to show that Jesus is the one to pour, pour out his blood first for us. Yeah. Um, I was just going to say, I think it's really important that we look at where this um, scripture passage is in, in the Gospels. Because just before this, I don't know if anyone remembers, but a few weeks ago, I think it was episode four, that we spoke about um, the blind man and the end of John chapter nine, which is just before this, it ends with this blind man professing his faith in Jesus. And Jesus kind of talking to the Pharisees and religious authorities um, about their spiritual blindness because of their unbelief in who Jesus was. And so what Jesus is doing in this first part of the scripture that we read today is he's talking through what um, I guess some would call veiled speech. He's mm-hmm. kind of like using imagery to kind of put forward what he thinks is happening right before his eyes, right? And so I feel like it's really important. Maybe we can have a bit of a discussion as to who um, – which image represents which person of that time. Because mm. we even read in this gospel today that it says that 
at first the hearers quite didn't quite understand what Jesus was saying. And then in the second half of the gospel, he kind of explains it a little more. So um, there's a few terms we've kind of got. We've got the gatekeeper, the gate, the sheep, the shepherd, the thieves and the robbers. Let's maybe have a bit of a chat yeah. as to who each of these are. So let's start with the gatekeeper. Mm-hmm. Now, is the gate the same as the gatekeeper? I don't know. I think um, uh, uh, Jesus certainly is the gate because he specifically and explicitly says, I am the gate. In this scripture, he says, I am the gate, meaning I'm the one who's going to sit and tell who can come in, who cannot come in. In Another scripture, he says, I am the way, the truth, the life. No one can come to the Father except Mm -hmm. through me because I am the gate. I'm lying down there. So if anyone comes in and pretends to be part of the fold, Mm -hmm. I'm going to say, hey, sorry, um, I don't know you. I I don't know your voice. Even though you look like a sheep, you smell like a sheep, you're not one of my sheep. And he'll send them out. And then also it's the same if uh, there's an, a wolf. So he's the wolf. And so at the same time, he's also the gatekeeper, isn't he? Well, I think, yeah, I think you can see it that way. Um, but some others might see it in a different way. And I guess some people might say that the gatekeeper could be the father. Um, because the, the gatekeeper keeper gives the shepherd access to the sheep and the father gives the disciples to Jesus. The gatekeeper opens the gate um, and the father has sent Jesus into the world to save it and give us eternal mm. life. It, I think it could work both ways. Yes, mm. and it depends whether the gate is actually at the same time as the gatekeeper. Mm. So it's also the having access. So um, the gatekeeper could be someone who's um, actually holding the gate, uh, sleeping there, or... Maybe the imagery is that there's like a metal or wooden gate. And um, so these images, I mean, they might sound trivial, but they would have gone through the minds of the people listening. Mm. So the gatekeeper, they would be asking Jesus, you know, who's the gatekeeper? Yeah. Mm. If there are any gatekeepers listening, um, (laughs) or any gates for that matter, um, please do let us know. (laughs) Um, The other images. Onto the other words. Um, I think the sheep, it's pretty obvious, is the people. Yes. Um, The shepherd the good leaders who enter eternal life through Jesus. Mm -hmm. And I think um, the thieves and robbers, like I said before, um, Jesus was kind of explicitly talking about the Pharisees and authorities who were questioning Jesus's identity as leader of the sheep. Um, I don't think Jesus here is referring to um, heroes in the Bible of the past or leaders of Israel before him, but I think he's directly referring to these thieves and robbers as the Pharisees and religious authorities. Um, But also it could be people in our lives who... Um, sort of use the gospel and use religion to um, to try and uh, to pacify as well. You know, like for example, even a lot of this prosperity gospel, you know, that is used to for the good of the pastor rather than um, for the good of the people. People who proclaim only mercy and don't talk about justice. People who talk about um, heaven but never talk about sin. You see, mm-hmm. these are people who, uh, at the same time, can be thieves. They make you feel good about yourself, but are actually not doing you any favor as well. Mm. I was just maybe going to um, add another point. Like, um, we've, got, we've had shepherd figures in the church throughout history and even today, but um, later on after this passage, Jesus goes on to say that he's the good shepherd and he is the ultimate shepherd. And this shepherd imagery, again, it appears all throughout Scripture. It does. It was this image of leadership that was really well known in the ancient world. And um, we see this in the relationship between God's people and their leaders, in between the sheep and their shepherds, with God himself being the primary leader. God himself is referred to as a shepherd throughout scripture as well. In Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. Also through the prophets. Um, but although God is his primary leader, he does appoint other leaders who are also shepherds. And even though he does this, the people 
don't belong to the shepherds, they ultimately belong to God. And we can see this passed on through the priesthood, through our pastors, through the bishops. Um, but like Jesus says in this passage, sometimes the leaders don't always have the best interests of the people at heart. And the leaders can be, as you said before, Father Rob, self-interested, exploit the people, and they do become more like these thieves and robbers rather than the shepherds that they're called to be. Um, now, this has actually happened in Scripture before. It's actually in the book of Ezekiel, chapter 34, Ezekiel actually calls out the leaders in Judah for their failure in taking care of the people that were entrusted to them. And I think this can still happen in the church today where we have leaders in the church failing to live up to their calling. People can get hurt and it can even cause people to walk away from the church. They can be led astray. Um, Mm. But how does God respond in Ezekiel 34? He responds by saying he's going to put a stop to these people because one day he himself is going to come and shepherd the people. And um, Jesus today still is this ultimate good shepherd. And this is why we need to pray for our priests. (laughs) This is why we need also to make sure that we are discerning even when we um, are um, um, under a pastor as well. So we need to know the will of God and we need to know the teachings of the church and we need to make sure that everything is under that authority as well. So um, priests, um, bishops, um, we're all all human and we're all broken and sometimes act out of selfishness. And this is why we need the mercy of God as much as you do, as much as anybody does. And so again, pray for your priests, pray for your pastors, and make sure also that you are getting nourished and fed through your own relationship with God, but also studying the teachings of the church. It's not about you and your relationship with God only, but it's also about the community. Thank you for seeking the Lord with us today. If you long for more content and resources, check out our church online. FRG Ministries Church Online is where you will find ongoing spiritual nourishment and inspiration. Online Mass, Prayer, Rosary, the Divine Mercy Chaplet, Worship Music, Eucharistic Adoration, and so much more. You can even submit your prayer requests and commit to pray for others. FRG Ministry Church Online will inspire and deepen your love and understanding of Christ and His Church. Be blessed by FRG Ministries Church Online at frgministry.com slash churchonline. Reality Check. This week we're going to, every week we talk about topics and we talk about three things that we can apply to our own lives. But this time we're going to talk about three characteristics of a good shepherd. How do you discern if your shepherd is a shepherd? after the heart of God. And sometimes we need to discern this. So let's talk about these three things. The first characteristic, this is not, of course, extensive. There's, there are different aspects that we need to consider, but three things that are, I think, essential if your pastor, um, and, and to pray that your pastor will be this way. Three characteristics of a good shepherd. See if these are the marks of your own pastor, your own priest, your own bishop. Okay, first of all, the priest, the pastor, the Um, even a spiritual leader, is someone who loves their sheep, someone who loves their sheep, someone who's not afraid to spend time with them, okay? And ultimately, he spends so much time with them that he smells like them. You see, Bishop Fulton Sheen used to say this, that a good shepherd smells like his sheep. So, uh, spend enough time with your, your people and not have... Now, people would say, like, Father Rob, but like, this is one of the things that I have to fight as well. Because, you see, I get to spend a lot of time on big stages, you know? And I can spend time talking to people like I am now. But what about being with people? What about smelling like your people? 
And so I have to make the extra effort, you know, to spend time with people, to make sure I smell like the sheep, that I listen to the sheep, that I listen to the people I'm talking to. And um, yeah, and even as an introvert, it is even more difficult. Mm -hmm. So um, also there's the human aspect. There's always the struggle. But at least a priest is someone who, a good pastor is someone, a good shepherd is someone who spends time with their sheep and smells like them too. The second thing is the, a, a good a characteristic of a good shepherd is someone who um, can, who has this love of their divine shepherd, who loves God so much that their sheep can see it, okay? Mm. That, it's, that it's, it's a contagious faith, that your shepherd, when you see your shepherd, you shouldn't see someone who you like to go out to eat with, to have a beer with only, but someone who should inspire you to love Jesus as well. Okay, it's not, I'm not saying I'm anything bad about going to have a beer with your, your <laughs> priest and whatever. But when you're around them, do they remind you of the great shepherd, the perfect shepherd? You, you had a, um, a word, Alyssa, for the, the ultimate shepherd. Ultimate. The ultimate shepherd. So again, <laughs> that they should ooze the love of the ultimate shepherd. The third thing is that they're not afraid to offend their sheep. Oh my goodness. We shouldn't, even as pastors, if your pastor is so afraid to offend you that he, he is afraid to speak truth into your life, then pray for him, you know, because this is what the shepherd did. He got, had a sling and he would uh, throw the stones at the bums of the, these sheep. He would, he would get the staff and pull them back into the fold and the sheep would get offended. They'd get upset. They were on a path that they didn't even know they were doing anything wrong, but they, at the same time... It, it's no excuse of, of not being corrected in a sense of being led back into the fold. Because at the end of the day, it's not your, um, it's not a, a matter of how offended you are. It's a, a matter of how you get into heaven. And so this, the role of the pastor is ultimately to get you to heaven. Yep, totally. And someone who is not a priest, I would just encourage fellow lay people, check in on your shepherd. Mm. Remember, in a sense, they are human too. Like, Go out, you know, invite them over for dinner with your yes. family and check in on them. Like they mm -hmm. need good people in their life uh, around them. Um, so I, I feel like I, I love those points, but I have a heart to really check in on the priests. Mm. And even when I bump into the Archbishop of, of Melbourne, sometimes I always make time to say, how are you? Mm -hmm. How are you? You know, I think it's so important to look yes. out for our shepherds. Mm -hmm. It is. And we, and as priests, we depend on it. We need it. And like we have people, I'm so grateful for my staff, for, for the team. I spend more time with them than anywhere else, anyone else. But we'll take you um, out for a beer after this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. But uh, this, I think, is uh, so important as well for for priests as well to have people who also speak into their life as mm. well, okay, who make them uncomfortable. So we mustn't forget that. <laughs> that's great. Love it. Yeah. Okay. So thank you so much for joining us for this um, this episode. We've come to the end of another one. Um, you can keep in touch with us, um, catholicinfluencerspodcast.com. All of the, our social media links are there. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok. Follow us, like, share, subscribe, comment, all the things. Share it with your friends. Um, maybe share this episode with your priests and pastors as well. Um, we can't wait to join you again on the couch. Next week, we're going to break open the upcoming Sunday Gospel. It's going to be great. And... If See you have tip? any tips on fasting, <laughs> yeah, make it easier. <laughs> Specifically from sugar. <laughs> Good work. Love you guys. Bye. See ya. Bye. God bless.
This has been a production of OSV Podcasts. To learn more, visit osvpodcasts.com.